My name is Matt Miller, the campus pastor of New City Church Shawnee, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give financially to New City. Your giving makes this podcast possible. Now, I hope today's message inspires you to trust in and live like Jesus. If it does, I want to encourage you to click and subscribe to our podcast, share it on social media, maybe even send it to a friend in need. Man, enjoy today's message. Good morning. All right, so we're going to kick off into our current teaching series called Pro Tips, and today we're going to create a moment and do something fun. We're going to be out of Mark chapter 10. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app, go ahead and flip or swipe to Mark chapter 10. We're going to be specifically in verse 16. As you're turning there, I want to tell you a story about um, something I experienced this uh, post-Christmas time. Um, my mom and dad came and visited my family uh, after Christmas season. They didn't come alone. They brought uh, my nieces and my nephew with them. And so I had 10 people in our house, six kids. It was a lot of fun. Uh, There's a lot of Mario Kart and sledding in the snow. It's when we got a big snow, all kinds of fun things. But it was while they were here that God let me be a part of a really fun and special moment. And I want to share that with you this morning have a little uh, thing that I do in my house. I don't know how it started, uh, but it's something that I do every weekday, and it's how I get my kids up out of bed and into uh, getting ready for school. So for parents in the room, who is still waking your children up uh, for school in the mornings by show of hands, right? Who, still waking your husband up for work in the morning, show of hands, all right? Happy couples. Okay, so here is the, the routine that happens in our house. I don't know why I started it, but this is what I do. My alarm will go off at seven. I'm typically already up and I'm the one who gets the kids out of bed. And I walk to the foot of my, uh, the stairs that lead to my daughter's room. And I say this, Ali Joe, Christy Lee, they're 11, by the way, uh, twins. Ali Joe, Christy Lee, time to get up. And I Stand there. And at some point I'll hear, I don't know which one it is, but no movement. Allie Joe, Christy Lee, I need to see some feet. Let's go. And all of a sudden I'll hear feet hit the floor, and then this is how they walk. I don't know which one it is, and it's never the same one. I mean, I know which one it is. It's never the same one. And uh, the most recently was Allie. And so Allie comes walking out of her room, and, you know, her pajama leg is up over one knee. It's rolled up on the other foot. Her hair's a disaster. It looks like she got attacked by a weed, eat- weed eater in the middle of the night, you know. And she comes down the stairs like this. And of my two girls, Allie's the least physical touch one. Christy's all about the feels. Allie's like, she's more, anyway. So she comes down. And she gets to the bottom step, and then she just lean, falls into me. That's what we do. And I wrap my arms around her, and her arms are like this. Allie, not Christy, Allie, just like jellyfish arms, all right? And I pick them up, and I just flip them up like they have to go around me. And then she grabs hold, all right? And in that moment, I squeeze her, I hug her, tell her that I love her, tell her good morning. And then I just whisper something in her ear, and it's like nothing I've written out. It's just whatever I'm in the mood. It could be something funny. It could be something significant. It could be concerning a test for that day. Whatever. I just whisper something in her ear. I pat her on the butt, and I say, go get dressed. Now, the second one doesn't come out until the first one's on her way back up. I don't know how they know this, but this is just how it happens. And so Allie gets about all the way up to her room, and here comes Christy, you know. And Christy's all about the hugs, right? She puts her arm around me, and she typically would say, scratch my back. (laughs) 
So as I hug her, I scratch her back, tell her that I love her, whisper something in her ear, not the same thing, but a similar thing, and I pat her on the butt, say, go get dressed, and she takes off. Now, Luke doesn't get that treatment. Luke's room's down the hallway, and I'd go to his room next, I turn on the lights in the hallway, and I go in, and I turn on his room light, and he always thinks that it's blind, and he, oh, you know, and I knock on the door by the light switch. Housekeeping. You need fresh pillow? I do this Tommy boy skit. And Luke wakes up every morning, but he won't get out of bed until I five-star frog splash him. Now, some of you are like, what? That's when the wrestler gets on the top rope, jumps off, full body splash onto him. And the more it hurts, the more excited he is to get the day going, right? And so I will lay on top of him and put a knuckle in his back and wrestle with him. And that's how me and Luke get our day going every, every day. And so maybe husbands and wives, try that tomorrow morning to get your spouse out of bed, see what happens, right? You know, I don't know. Now, my nieces and nephew were in town a few weeks ago. And that's what I do. And so without thinking, that's just what I did on this weekday. I get up, hey guys, and they're coming down the stairs. And uh, one of them, MJ, he's older than Luke, younger than the girls. So he's like that 10 age. And um, he, um, he, he's in line. And he's like, what are we doing? <laughs> right? But when it gets to him, I just, he's seeing it. So he stands there now. He's kind of like, all right. Now, MJ uh, was adopted. My sister Allison and her husband Sammy adopted MJ out of the foster care system. And if you were to see a picture of MJ, you would quickly realize that he doesn't look like us. And we love the snot out of this kid. I've known him for a long, long time now. And so I put my arms around him and I hold him real tight. I tell him that I love him, how glad I am that he's visiting me in Kansas City. And I say to him, MJ, in his ear, MJ, of all of the families that you could have ended up with, man, you ended up in ours. And man, did we win. Man, we love you, right? And then they go play. They're video games, sledding outside. We got the big snow that week. They're having a ball. The next morning, it was more hectic. Kind of everybody's kind of doing their own thing, and I'm up, and I'm fixing breakfast, and, you know, I'm in kind of get-it-done mode, and I hear the kids start waking up, and they're all starting to come down the stairs. And I hear from the stair, MJ says, standing on the lowest stair, says, Uncle Matt, are we going to do that stair thing again? Dude, my heart just melted. And I don't know what I was doing, but I said, man, absolutely. And I went up to him, and I squeezed him, right? And I told him a little line that I use. You can steal it, make it your own. And I say, remember, you only squeeze the things you love. And I squeezed the snot out of him. Like one of those where he goes, stop it! That kind of squeeze, right? But man, it meant the world to me that my words, I mean, like that stare thing that I just described, we're not talking, we're not talking maybe three minutes. It's just a small part of their day. And I didn't realize how much my words and my taking him in my arms impacted him while he was visiting us. It's a cool moment, right? It's a moment that as parents, we could create. I want to share with you today, excuse me, today's pro tip. Today's pro tip is this. (coughs) Excuse me. Your words help shape your child's identity. <coughs> now, many of you go, well, Matt, I don't have a kid. Well, MJ's not mine. Some of us were uncles. Some of us were aunts. We're grandmas. We're grandpas. Some of us were the house where the neighborhood kids hang out, and we just have influence over other people's children. And this is true. Your words help shape a child or your child's identity. I think back on my aunt, Jackie, which is Pastor Adam's mom. 
my Aunt Jackie had, was a major influence in my life as a little boy, her and my Uncle Breck. Like, I remember wanting to go to their house because of how much they loved me. My Granny Esther and my Ma Miller, I mean, like, uh, fantastic human beings. Like, if you're here and your current theology is, I'm going to be good enough to get to heaven, well, that's a weird subjective scale because you might be better than Osama bin Laden, but you ain't even close to my Granny Esther. She's pretty awesome. But the words that she spoke into my life, even as a boy, she would remind me of what my name meant. You guys know what Matthew means? Gift of God. I don't know the, what all of that means in the unseen, but my Granny Esther told me that all the time. That I was a gift from the Lord to her and our family. Words help shape a child's identity. Look with me in Mark chapter 10 and verse 13. And let's see what we can learn about these words in relationship to Jesus. It's an interesting story. People were bringing, it says, <coughs> excuse me, people were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked him. Been doing ministry now for 20 years. Never has somebody started coming to New City Church so that I could touch their child. That's weird. I mean, notice what it says here. People were bringing little children to Jesus, not to hear him teach, but in order that he might touch them. Do you take your kids anywhere so that someone can touch them? Probably not. It's a little odd in our culture. It's a little odd in our day. But there is something here that when we understand what's going on, it might really change how we influence and how we love and how we lead people that we have a, a leadership or opportunity to bless over. Scroll down to verse 16. Verses 14 and 15, Jesus kind of rebukes the disciples and kind of gives them a quick little spanking verbally. And in verse 16, we, we learn that after taking them, them being the children in his arms, Jesus laid his hands on them. And what did he do? He blessed them. So I want you to notice the three things of how Jesus blesses. Because we want to trust in and live like Jesus. Maybe we could do something similar or the same as grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, moms and dads, as Jesus did. Jesus took them in his arms, he laid his hands on them, and he blessed them. Uh, we all in this room probably know how to take somebody into our arms. We all in this room know how to lay our hands on somebody. But I think the blessing part is where a lot of us get nervous. And what do we say? Like, what am I supposed to say when I bless my child? Um, uh, like, like, I don't want to say something stupid. I don't want to say something wrong that forever destroys my child's life. Calm down. You're not going to do that. But I do think, actually, we can look into Scripture, and we can look back to uh, the Word of God, and we can honestly identify when it says, in Jesus blessed them, that we can actually identify actually what He said. I think I can tell you this morning, based on Scripture, what Jesus might have said to those little boys and girls that were put in his arms based on the Scriptures and even common practices that happen today throughout the world. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 48. So open your Bible all the way to the first book of your Bible and towards the very end of it, chapter 48. I want you to get in the practice of scrolling and swiping and turning. This is a habit of teaching you to read the Bible on your own. It's okay if you don't know where a book is, right? Those are all things that we can learn. 
At the end of Genesis, you will see like Genesis 48, 49, 50. And if you're currently doing the Read Scripture app with us, you would have read this portion of Scripture yesterday. So if you're not, it's a free app. It's called Read Scripture. Download it. Set your start date to January 1, 2021. You can play catch up. But we are going to be moving into Exodus today in a little bit in the coming days and weeks. But in Genesis 48, 20, this is uh, the context real quick, a focus on Jacob. You have Father Abraham, who had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. Joseph, that fun story of the prince of Egypt, Joseph, who was traded into slavery, accused of rape, thrown into prison, and then totally laid out a strategy and a plan to redeem and save Egypt. That Joseph had uh, sons as well. And they're all now, Jacob's family is now joined with Joseph in Egypt. Jacob is about to die in chapter 48. And before he dies, he blesses all of his sons and two additional blessings. He goes to Joseph and he says, Hey, Joseph, I want you to take your two boys, Manasseh and Ephraim. I believe that's how you say their names. And he says, I'm going to treat my grandsons like they're my actual boys. So your other sons that you'll have, they're going to be my grandsons. But I'm going to take these two boys that you had with your Egyptian wife who have been born and raised in Egypt. I'm going to take those two boys and I'm going to make them like sons to me. And I'm going to bless them too. And it's pretty significant. And I want to show you how significant it is. It speaks to this in Genesis chapter 48, verse 20. The blessings happen. You can read about that, what Jacob says to them. But then we read, the nation Israel will invoke blessings by saying, by you saying, meaning every time that you go to bless, you're going to use your two boys' names by saying, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. And since that time, every little Jewish boy, when his mom or dad have prayed over him, have said, may God make you like Ephraim and Manasseh. They've always pointed their sons in the direction of these two young men. Why? Well, there's a lot of reasons why. I want to give you one that's in context with us today, living in the year 2021 in the good old U.S. of A. These two young men would have been born and raised in a culture, in an environment that promoted anything but the ways of God. They weren't raised and born in a culture that pointed people to a single God. They weren't raised into a kingdom or to a culture that said, hey, there's only one way. There's only one God. There was several gods. I mean, you guys know enough about the Egyptians to know this. But yet, however, they have Joseph, who throughout all of his trials and tribulations remained faithful, faithful, faithful to the Lord, who has raised his two sons to be faithful, faithful, faithful. And apparently, Grandpa Jacob saw this so much that he said, I'm going to make my grandsons my sons. And because of how they have lived in a culture that is so far outside of the context of what God calls us to, but yet they've done it, how we're going to bless every future generation to no matter what your context is, be like these two men. And that's what's happened since the very beginning of this blessing, Genesis chapter 48. Now, I want you to hear me say this. Your words today help shape your child's future. Now, I want to build off this. Your words today help shape your child's future. What if, like Jacob and like so many moms and dads in our country and in our world today, we began to point our children in the direction of our biblical heroes? You might say, well, man, I don't really know much about the Bible. I don't really have a biblical hero. Again, you don't have a biblical hero yet. 
You don't know much about the Bible yet. There's an opportunity to learn these things and, and, and discover these things. But what if we begin to say to our children, to, to maybe your daughters, may you be like Sarah and Rebecca and Leah? I love this one. Hey, uh, what, if, what if we begin to, uh, to say, and I'm not saying we shouldn't hope that our boy throws a football like Mahomes. God bless him. And, and maybe our, 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 our kids will play chess like that girl in the, the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. And, and maybe your child will be the next math pro or the spelling bee champion or whatever, or the next karate kid, whatever. Like th- those things are all good or the next superstar, the LeBron, the Kobe, the whoever it might be in your life that you really love. But sometimes, maybe, we, uh, maybe not sometimes, maybe, maybe we get refocused as moms and dads to not forget the spiritual component that we can point our kids to be faithful people like the men and the women of the Bible. Like what if our daughters were as strong and as courageous as Queen Esther? who was given a position of leadership and who risked even her life to speak to the king, to speak up for her people who were about to be slaughtered, who were about to be destroyed. And her that famous scripture that says, for such a time as this, man, if my daughters, Allie and Christy, were like Queen Esther and were bold and followed the Lord and even risked their own life so that others might be saved or help, I would say I'd done a pretty good job as a dad. Real people, not made up figures to get a point across. And it started in Genesis 48 to, hey, let's point our kids. What if our sons, like, what if you have a son and your son doesn't feel like he's all that strong? And specifically, uh, he doesn't feel like he's as strong as you, his dad, want him to be. Well, what if we reminded our sons of Gideon, who wasn't as strong as everybody thought he should be, and he knew he wasn't strong, but yet God used Gideon as a mighty and powerful warrior who stood for the Lord, led an army, and radically changed the outcome of a situation. Like, like may, may, may you be like Gideon. I don't know. But I tell you this, our words help shape our child's future. We can point our children in the direction of people that we want them to be like when they grow up. And it's not talent-based. It's faith-based. Like my son can be like Gideon, and it has nothing to do with how many setups or push-ups or how far he can throw a ball. Like our children have the opportunity through being inspired and powered by the, by the Holy Spirit to do great things in a jacked up broken world that has nothing to do with their talent or their ability to know algebra. Now I'm not saying those things are bad. Those things are good things, but they're not the main thing. The main thing is that, man, our kids are faithful and that they live for Jesus despite their circumstances of the cultures in which they live. Now, let's build upon this. What did Jesus say when he blessed the child? Hey, let's hold up on the kids just for a second, guys. Allie, can we go back out in the lobby, please? Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. If you go to Numbers chapter 6, notice this. This is key, all right? It says, the Lord spoke to Moses. Who spoke to Moses? Hey, t- hey guys, we're going to keep the kiddos out in the lobby. Michael, can you help me with that real quick, please? We're going to do something with the kids in just a second, but not just yet. The Lord spoke to Moses. Who spoke to Moses? Yeah, the Lord did. So the Lord spoke to Moses, and hey, he says, tell Aaron and his sons. Aaron and his sons were the spiritual leaders of Israel. So God would speak to Moses. Moses would talk to Aaron and his boys, and they were the ones that kind of preached the messages uh, scripturally to the people. Now notice this. God says to Moses to tell Aaron, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. 
So as moms and dads, when we don't feel like we have the words, this is what's fun about Scripture. God gives us the words. Aunts and uncles, when you're like, I don't know what to say to my niece and my nephew. I don't have them all the time. I don't see them a lot. I don't know. What to... Listen, God gives us the words. Grandmas and grandpas, like you don't want to go against your, your child's uh, parenting tactics and you don't want to be like, you don't want them to say, hey, you can't go visit grandma and grandpa because they're trying to. No, no, no. Like God gives you the verbiage and the words to pray over your children. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. You should say to them, May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. In this way, they will pronounce my name over the Israelites and I will bless them. So like, not like, like uh, think about in the New Testament where Jesus tells his disciples to pray like this. And many of us know the Lord's prayer. Like sometimes Jesus is so gracious to us that he gives us the literal words that he wants to say. Pray like this. Not just, hey, go and pray and pray whatever you want. He says, hey, pray in this way. And here it's not, hey, you guys go out and bless your kids and just do your best you can. No, it's not that. It's, hey, when you bless your children, bless them in this way. And notice God's promise, that very last sentence, verse 27, in this way. Like when you do that, when you do that, here's what happens. You will pronounce my name over the Israelites, meaning that when you bless your children, when you bless your nieces and nephews with that verbiage that we, he, he gives us, and we're going to look at it in just a second, that you are speaking the name of the Lord over your children, and notice what God does. Not you, not grandma and grandpa, not the economy, not the government. Notice this, and I will bless them, meaning that God does the heavy lifting when we simply bless our kids in the way that he commands. Now, I think Jesus said something like this. I think in Matthew, I mean Mark chapter 10, that when Jesus wrapped his arms around these little ones and he laid his hands on them, I really believe that he would have said something that he knew very, very, very well from Scripture. May the Lord make you like Manasseh. Or if it was a little girl, may the Lord make you like Sarah, Rebecca, or like Leah. And then I'm confident that he would have whispered in their ear or spoken to them plainly. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. Like, I am positive. That's why the parents wanted Jesus to touch and bless their child. Because they were in a culture where taking and laying on of hands and speaking words pushed their children in a direction to be world changers. And that is what moms and dads today have the opportunity to do. Thanks for listening to our podcast, and thank you for supporting the teaching ministry of New City Church. I mean, if this podcast inspired you and you want to partner with New City, you can give now by clicking the link in the description or visit newcitychurch.com slash podcast for more information. Have a blessed day.